Dryerbuzz.com and follow at Dryerbuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz. Good morning. Good morning. Listen, y'all, come Sunday. Let me see what I need to do. I need to put that back. Uh, I have my journal here, but more importantly, I have my good breakfast here that I don't want to get too cold. I don't want to have to reheat it, so we're not going to be long. I promise you I'm not going to be long-winded. Dog is like... Look, I hang out in here because I want to hang out in the front room. And the dog is like, wait, wait, this ain't where you podcast. But uh, I had to run out and run some errands and all that kind of stuff. So I had to grab a couple things. And uh, breakfast was one. I went and got some tea, picked up some tea. So I got a cup of tea steeping right here. I'm going to check out a couple things maybe on television. I got to go jump on the laptop because I got a Sunday sale that's going to happen at halftime. Look at me throwing it out there like that. Hopefully, hopefully. But you know what? I, I've been thinking about our Atlanta Falcons, or not even the Falcons. I mean, well, yeah, kind of the Falcons, because you know, there's if you look at the title of this thing and it says like "Don't sleep on 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 failure." Uh, I remember doing a podcast and we talked about. No, I remember yelling at the Falcons like they were talking about. You know, after another loss, they were going to go watch the video and see what I'm like. Maybe they ought to stop watching their own video and start watching somebody else's. Like, like that's just something we, we don't do enough. And I'm going to be making some rounds this week uh, updating on social media 2020, Y2K20. And one of the things that we have so totally not done enough uh, in social media, and I just realized that when I went to the store to get that I didn't get um, one of the things we've not done enough is really, really ask, like found out how not to fail. And I was thinking about something that I have to do. And I, and I was getting ready to just like the Falcons go look at, see what I did before. And I'm like, wait a minute, it's not my failure. I need to look at. And one, I don't like to reference Mark Zuckerberg a lot, but one thing I know that Zuckerberg does is he goes, he hangs out at the tech junkyard and meaning he goes and he looks at what other pioneers those well before him uh have abandoned in the tech junkyard you know people that were clearly ahead of their time when we think about y2k20 people that were clearly ahead of their time a lot of this ai and technology and the way we are engaging things that are engaging with us we're not we're not doing it intentionally but things that are engaging with us came from this website that was out there uh spoofing spamming scamming everybody and there was this website Oh, man, the name escapes me. But it was where all of these people thought they were having affairs with real people. And it turns out it was the greatest experiment in bot technology. And they were, like, sending all this money and gifts and, you know, and really thought they were being loved on and getting all this attention. You know, they went out there on this regular social media trying to engage with real friends and real family. You know, they had created, they, they had curated the, this, these love affairs and any kind of relationship they wanted via this uh, website. And the website ended up being shut down, I think, by the government or somebody. Like, whoa, wait a minute, y'all just scamming everybody. All these people literally thought they had were having affairs. And so the site shut down, but uh, it quickly went to the tech junkyard. And Mark Zuckerberg quickly went over there and, and salvaged all that he could and, and brought it all into into Facebook. Uh, some of you are right now in a, in DMs, and it's just answering you back, and it's basically you know learning on learning all kinds of behaviors. And th- you know you ordered something, you think you're talking full on customer service, and you ain't a bit more 
have, you ain't been more connected with a human at all. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes because they get it done, they, they, they listen. The only way to know to service you is they got to be exact. They got to pay attention to what you have said. That's why I still love Twitter to this day. That's why I love Twitter to this day. All the other apps, especially Facebook, is saying, please stop posting all that text. Post a meme. Post a video. You know, Facebook just don't want you to write. But Twitter is like, nope, you still got those 140 characters. Uh, and they want you to do those 140 characters because that's a part of that's a part of, of the future learning from us as well. But I was getting ready to um, work on something, and and I remember doing this podcast talking about trying and taking the ing off of everything, and that puts us into the moment because one of the things about how to get out of bed is you have to find yourself in the moment. If you dealing too much with things in the past, you can't get out of bed. Dealing with things too much in the future, you can't get out of bed. Still believing you are in a fail mode or don't need to try or can't can't do mode, you can't get out of bed because you can't get out of bed because you can't, right? And so I was thinking, I was like, don't sleep on failure. I think for a lot of things that we want to learn how to do, go back and look at that person that, that gave up or only got so far. There's something so courageous in, in, in failure, getting to a certain point, experimenting, uh, having the courage to try it. I, 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 when I'm looking at things in social media, there's a word and go and search, go and search this word on your favorite platform. I'm always curious when I see these posts of people calling each other brave, you know, man, you're so brave. And then you look at what they're brave, what makes them brave or what are they, what are they, what they are attempting to become so brave. And it's like, and it's not, it's not small feats, but they're not enormous feats either. They're not, it's not, you know, nobody is like doing this all, this experiment that's going to save us all. It's like little things. It's like we've gotten to the point where so much life, there's so much in life that's just basically mediocre that when a person just takes a couple of steps ahead of the pack, you know, because we have, we all out here existing in these packs. And I, I just try to stay so far away from the pack. I always try to make sure I'm doing something a little bit more, a little bit different, you know. And uh, there's all these different packs. And I'm always, and because, you know, one of the things I do and have always done, and I'm realizing this is what I really, you know, when you realize, like, this is what I really do. And this is what I really have done for the past 30 years is, is monitor in, in these behaviors. I've always been so intrigued as to why a person has a thought pattern and actions. I have for all of my life tried to get behind and understand why a person's deeds are their deeds. And I used to have this sense. So as a person believes their deeds are done, you know, um, how they talk themselves into doing these deeds, especially bad things to other people. Like what is their rationale? What is your rationale that you are so angry. This is why I'm getting ready to go into this villain search, right? What is the rationale that you would have such actions against a person, a place, or a thing that you have to, that the only way to process or for you to justify your own being is to destroy something? And the same with there are people, the only way to justify their being is to support something. It is all in something else rather than rather than themselves that people who starve themselves to try to have change elsewhere 
There are people who gluttonize. Now, I don't know if that's a word or not. Themselves. There are people of certain political parties elect an idiot because they feel like that idiot is going to hurt society. Literally. I mean, got up, got dressed barely, went to the polls, pulled the lever, swiped, uh, clicked, punched, whatever they did to cast a vote, knowing that that person has as much ill will as they do, even though they're going to be poisoned too. They're going to be harmed as well. That blows my mind. And they have, in their mind, a very reasonable rationale for it. It's only going to hurt me a little bit. I'm only going to lose a little bit. I ain't got nothing anyway. No, that whole nothing to lose. Let me tell you, people be, I tell you every day, beware of people who have nothing to lose. Don't find yourself in the situation. There are two things, people who have nothing to lose and people who believe they have everything to gain. I cannot stand people and I run into them a lot because I am, as some would say, unapologetic. And it ain't that I'm unapologetic. You know, I just don't feel like I should have to apologize. You know, I mean, this is the breath of life I was given today. I just feel like I should be able to do with it what I will. And I try to pay attention to what I might be called to do and those things like that. But people who who will tell me that their survival, I, I cannot stand people who their survival is dependent upon them rationalizing the wrongdoings in this world just so they could either, you know, pay a bill or live slightly above the poverty line. I I, I disrespect. I I have no respect. I won't say I disrespect. I just saw a meme. I was was posting about the Falcons. I saw a meme saying, I just want to be disrespectful. Was that a quote? It looked like it was either, that was either uh, Freeman or Trufant is on there, so I got to check it out. But anyway, I just, I'm so bothered by that. And, and mind you, in my line of passion, I won't say work, because sometimes, sometimes I can monetize it, sometimes I can't. But in my line of passion and purpose, and sometimes work, uh, I am often uh, um, approached quietly by those who, want to offer their invisible support and encouragement and that no one should know that they're, you know, encouraging, but hey, good job, right? And, and I've, I've seen that all my life, I've, especially when it comes to community organizing and speaking for those who have very little voice. Uh, there are those who, who, who just can't. They cannot align themselves with the right side of history. And that's, that's always been the case. That's always been a thing. That's been a thing since day one. Whatever you subscribe to uh, that tells you what day one what day one is or day one was, right? Whatever your day, whatever you decide. And so it just, it just blows my mind that people have to make these kind of decisions on life. And those who have nothing to lose, nothing to gain, and, or, or those who feel they have everything to lose or everything to gain. It's, it's again, here we are one extreme or the other. And what I think I'm trying to do, and I'm like, I don't know. I keep, I keep thinking I'm trying to balance this thing, but then I'm like, I'm probably, I'm probably one of the others. We keep thinking there's a just left and right. Maybe there's, maybe this thing has 4.5. I don't know. Make it be an octagon. I don't know. I think we all just, just like trying to, I don't know. And I don't, I don't want this to be, this ain't the podcast where I don't know. It's, it's, I think, 
I'm just going to say don't sleep on don't sleep on failure because what I have to accomplish in the coming hours. Okay. And what most of us have to accomplish in the coming hours for those who have to think about who have to who have to be on task every day and not just some days, sometime this morning after those of us who have to be on task each of our days um, because that's just who we are. Uh, I think that we should look at those who who have failed. One key example I can give you. I remember when I started podcasting a long, long time ago, I have um, there are a couple of experts that I turn to in my in my blogging scholars if you will people who are expert in various fields and so being that I started uh, a website called dryer buzz um and it wasn't going to be about hair you know it was it's basically about great topics that we debate while we're in the salons and the barbershop you know the two places we get to go in and take off our masks not worry about what we look like some people still do um, and where most of the conversation happens, right? So when I wanted to figure out, bring in some expertise as far as what the hair industry is doing, like everybody's trying to figure out, like, why is everybody going bald? I don't understand it. But uh, so I tapped into this brother, Will Williams. Will Williams is just absolutely amazing. We had him on. And most of us, for what we know about the hair industry because we always look to we only we really only look to the people who have uh, made it to a quote-unquote and been deemed successful to us it's like hey here it is this is what we we're going to subscribe ascribe to this this level of success this this is the person who went the furthest that we know of right because they publicize um because those are the only ones we seem to know those that have been publicized and i remember in this particular one we brought will on we were having some discussion and we were talking of course somebody brought up madam cj walker and and most people know her you know she's uh classified as the first black woman uh to have made her millions from the beauty industry right and so will was like what do you know where she got her training and her techniques and, and all of this kind of stuff. No, we don't know that because, you know, we seem to think that you can only have one. There's only one, right? We've been doing so many podcasts talking about we've got to begin to subscribe to an end factor and, low, and let ourselves believe in more than one thing, one person, and so forth. So Will went on to tell us who trained her, where she got her techniques from, where she got her product, what was the product, who, how many people, most of us, you know, we link her to the hot comb and all those kinds of things. But it was not only that, it was the, the franchises, um, the, the salons, you know, learning how to license all this stuff. And he told us about the sister. My dog is drinking water and I'm sorry that distracted me. Um, he told us about the sister that taught that she got her technique from. That whose class, whose course she took that we didn't know of. And it was, uh, not, and I don't have, I left my other device, but once said turnbow, turnbow, um, it was a turnbow technique in, in the workshop, the class, and the course. And yeah, here we are. We, we are, in fact, I'm launching a course um, probably today, and most, most, mostly tomorrow and Tuesday. But um, and yeah, I'm lunch, it's already out there. If you go to the driver's page, you'll see it. But the official lunch is coming up, and the actual course is launching on November the 9th uh and it's that one is wake up famous how to wake up famous and the one I'm loading today is how to rock a pod 27 answers on uh, to rock a podcast that people are waiting for but 
we learned that this, the one we deemed the successful, she's successful because she was able to take the next step. Behind, and the only, the only diff, real difference between, because um, the other one, I think she got close to millions, but she didn't, she wasn't as publicized. Um, Madam C.J. Walker, you know, learned, knew how to do this other stuff, and she was like, oh, wait a minute, I'm going to go take this course. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and do this, do these salons, and, and learn how to do this hair, and basically hire some people because she had the mindset of building, building a business, and building a franchise, and building all this. In fact, there is a there's a salon now. They still have the window painted. If you walk by, if you're down at Sweet Auburn Fest or Auburn Avenue, well, the Sweet Auburn Fest is now one street over. But if you're down at in Atlanta, and most of you do come to Atlanta, you go to the King Center, you go down Auburn Avenue, which used to be the home of black economics. Um, it, now there's a combined, um, if you look for the original radio station and in, in, in this, uh, which is still operating to some form. There's a gentleman trying to keep both of these, these two things alive. And so he has the, the old uh, salon set up kind of like a museum and honoring both of those pioneering people and on the window it says that this particular salon was part of the franchise now this is believe it or not this is something that black people can't do to this day cannot bring themselves to collaborate in such a way to this day thus they have so they have lost the beauty industry although i do see one brand popping up i'm like whoa yeah let me shout them out blaze I don't know what that is. I don't, they are blazing everything. They doing the barbershops. They doing the hookah lounges. They doing everything. It's blaze. You see a truck here, there, and I don't know. I don't know if it's black on or not or whatever. But anyway, so the difference that Madam C.J. Walker was able to do is publicity. The only difference, the only difference is she she subscribed to. She took the failures of those who who reason why it's like it's not a thousand. Of them. Like you gotta wonder, like why is it not a thousand? of them. And guess what I'm going to tell you? There is. There's a thousand of them. But she publicized her success. She was like, okay, I need a publicity tour for this right here. Because she wanted to bring on, she wanted to um, have all these salons, you know, put her, put her name, put her name under theirs as this was, um, the, the techniques happening up in here, the tools and techniques going on in this salon is part of uh, her brand. Um, Madam C.J. Walker, and we went for, so we went, we went for a long time, like wondering, well, what happened to the brand? Where did it go? Well, you know, well, we already know what the beauty industry did, but and now we're trying to get, people are trying to get back to that. And one of the very first podcasts that I did, one of the very first podcasts that we did way back in y, around Y2K, um, we talked with uh, an association of, of the beauty industry, and the one thing that they said that they could not get their members to do was to collaborate. And they were like, we got X amount of members. The one thing that they could not get their members to do was to operate under one brand, come up with a look and, and, a, and a chain, make it a chain, even though everybody was still on their original um, uh, businesses. Beauty, we're talking about beauty supply stores, salons, barbers, all these kind of stuff. They all joined this association, as, as most often we do. Uh, there was association. I probably need to go delete my comments because I, 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 I didn't realize it was a four day. And I, I just got frustrated watching this stuff. I'm like, how many times are we going to continue to do this stuff just wrong? You know, I get so tired of people putting together these like panels and, and they just talk about, oh, we, we feel like this, we feel like that. And I'm like, but 
when do we learn? When do we go back and do the work? It didn't work. When do we go back and fix it? It's just like the Falcons. Like, like, did they fix something this week? Did they like literally like say, okay, we got to get through these quarters. We got to, we got to make it to this fourth quarter. We got to, we got to hold. We got to get it, get out early. We got to score early. We got to hold the lead. We got to protect the quarterback. You know, the quarterback can't be coming out the game five, six, seven sacks. Got to have some turnovers, some interceptions, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm only learning. I'm only learning this because I am watching not the team. I'm not watching the Patriots. I'm watching the Falcons, who fail week after week, year after year. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, what are they doing? Because I want to learn. I'm like, you know, and hopefully they them too. And I'm like, the communication is horrible. It's like, what are y'all doing when y'all get off that field in, in between the week? You know, hell, I probably spent more time at Flowery Branch this week than they did. And I'm like, because I'm like, what, what, okay. The, the, the dude was sacked so many times. I'm like, how do we like not let that happen again? Oh, we're going to double, we double up on some protection, right? We double up on, it's like everybody knows your plays and they are, the, y'all, I'm telling you, don't sleep on failure. Don't sleep on, don't sleep on failure. Don't sleep on, and, I, and I apologize to them for saying, don't, please stop looking at your own video. Well, no, stop looking at your own video. Go look at the other one. So anyway, so Madam C.J. Walker, what she did and how she became successful was she looked at her industry. She looked at the industry. What, what, what's going on wrong here? Why are we not, you know, we, we, we do our hair. We do, we provide our hair care. We are on every corner. We, you know, people talk about how uh, McDonald's is not, sell, they're not in the business of selling burgers, they're in the business of real estate. That's what Madam C.J. Walker was like, I ain't in the business of, of doing hair, I'm in the business of real estate. I want a Madam C.J. Walker sanctioned salon everywhere. She was like, and probably was one of only a few people saying that. And I guarantee she wasn't the only one. She was the one that said, okay, and I want publicity. She had that and factor. I want to do this and I want publicity for it. I want to do that and I want publicity for it. We need some, I want my story told. And then, lo and behold, here come a generation like, oh, we don't need to tell that story no more. That's just not important no more. And then, you know, things start to die down. You like wonder. Then they're going, then they're going all out of business. Here comes somebody, you know, with this great offer. Let me just buy all of this because your next generation don't care. Your lineage ain't trying to do this, that, and the other. But again, going back to the podcast we did, the beauty industry, the one thing that they said was difficult to do, as many members as they had, and, and was to duplicate what their competition was doing and what the competition was doing even though everybody had their own, the people that were buying them out, the people that were taking over the beauty industry, uh, the Asian markets, um, um, they were buying product together. They went out, they got a huge warehouse, and they order in the quantity so they can get it. And not only ordering the quantity, they started manufacturing. And whereas, you know, we used to, black folk used to manufacture, black folk used to own the beauty, the beauty supply stores. We used to, the, the products we used to buy were all black products and so forth and so on. And so, um, Madam C, oh, the beauty industry, uh, association, the black beauty industry association said that in all the members that they had, they could not get them to go in on a warehouse, order product together so they can get it at a competitive price and, and begin to compete. Because you, you spent so much extra. We, when you talk about support black business and, and support your community, and so we, we are charged, we, we pay more because we, 
the people who we're trying to support can't offer us a competitive price because they won't work together. They won't collaborate. And I'm telling you, we got all these uh, black uh, associations and chambers and all of this stuff. And I'm like, and then you find out they, they don't, they, they go, I'm frustrated. So my words are getting short. They have all these quote unquote events, but when you go inside and you try to find out, they, 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 the collaborative effort is almost null and void. It's almost null and void. They're not even like buying, they're not even buying for or supplying each other. It's like, still, when you talk about, and this is why after, you know, blogging and, and podcasting and, and stuff, for 30 years, I've always been approached with these buy, buy black campaigns. Hell, one of the first websites I, I had was findblack.biz and all of this stuff. Because I, I, I always thought, well, hell, now that we have the internet connecting the diaspora, surely these are things we want to do. Nope. And so I'm like, I'm done with that. I'm done. I'm leave it, leave it, leave it where it is. I'm done. I don't, I don't even want to have that conversation. No more. That ain't how people spend their money. People are no, people have for the 30 years that I've been in, in this arena, people have yet been as concerned about what it, what hand they're putting their money in. So you've always heard how the dollar circulates here and the dollar circulates there. And it, it barely even comes in. I don't even think it even. I don't even think it even comes through. It just gets transferred right on. You know, people check hit, and they, it, it's like all oh, this is going all these different places. And then, and I mean, that's that's just that just has not been. It's not been a concern. I don't know if it ever will. And I really don't know if it ever should. And I wish. And I because after listening to them, I'm like, well, wait. That's the beauty industry, is the one industry. That's the one industry, where. You should be cognizant of where you're spending your money. And when you let letting somebody touch your skin, your hair, you, all of this stuff, and you don't even like I don't I don't know what I don't know what to say. I don't have an answer. But I, I I'm looking at Madam CJ Walker and how she went and sourced all these people that were not succeeding around her because all we know is the one. And we know who taught her, right, Turnbow. We know, and I hope I'm saying that right, and Will will probably jump on and tweet and like, wait, and drop the link and all that kind of stuff. I, you know, I can't see the post. I'm not recording this. Uh, so we know that what she did do was she built up on what others were failing at. That might be your answer for getting out of bed. You know, dwelling on, dwelling on your own failure, you're not going to learn nothing from yourself. You're not, I'm sorry, I hate to tell you, you know, in, in, unless you are, unless you are full on doing an experiment on yourself, because that, that has been some sciences. I remember there was a guy who came out, people, people, there were so many people who thought they had ulcers. And, uh, you know, we, remember we talk about stories that are adjacent. Let me tell you an adjacent story. Back in the day, um, there was some highly, um, some prescription medications. Like the Pepsi, Pepsi AC, and and all the reflux, all the all the reflux uh, medications before they became just over the counter medications, they were prescription medications, very expensive because people dealt with these intestinal issues, ulcers, 
and so forth forever, right? And they were like, oh, you get on this prescription, you take it forever. You know, the refluxes and all that kind of stuff, all that stuff going on in, with the intestinal because we were at a time when they were putting all this unhealthy stuff and people were dealing with all kinds of stresses, you know, in the food, food was changing over from real food to whatever the hell we are consuming at this point. And people weren't able to, to uh, digest the stuff. And then they had, you know, we, we lived in an ulcerotic, I don't know if that's a word or not, it came out of my mouth, <laughs> society, right? It must be, I might have heard it somewhere. So everybody, everybody, you know, had ulcers. People couldn't drink this, couldn't eat this. And so there was this one guy, he was out there pretty much like many of the pioneers who disappeared. He was like, he was doing this study. He's like, it's not an ulcer, it's a parasite. There's, these people are walking around with a parasite in them. And he was coming out with, he was trying to come out with this uh, medication that they could take literally for a period of days. It would kill the parasite. Boom, you got your life back. After, I don't know, you suffered 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years thinking you got an ulcer and, you know, do, you know how doctors are. They just go along with whatever they're going to get them paid, right? And so I remember watching it. And at the time, my son's father was one of those people, ulcerated people. Like, can't, dude can't eat no spaghetti. He can't drink no beer. I mean, I, I hate beer anyway. And, and he, if he was a beer drinker, I probably never would have been with him. But anyway, he couldn't do nothing. Couldn't go, couldn't go five days without, oh, I'm just in pain. I don't feel good. I'm like, okay, what is this? What is, is this an inalienable health issue you got? So I'm watching, you know me, I'm researching. I'm watching, I saw this interview where they were trying to stop this, stop this pioneer from bringing this medication to the market. And um, one of the reasons they were because all of this influx and ulcer medication well, you had to have a prescription. They were making all kind of crazy money off of it. So all of a sudden, I mean, uh, after trying to kill Homeboy, and they, they, they've got all these injunctions to stop his studies and all that. So he actually did the experiment on himself. I think he gave himself the parasite. I don't know if he had it or he gave himself the parasite and took the medication himself. And then they couldn't, they couldn't ignore it anymore. It's like, okay. He has a cure for this, as, as there are many cures out there that people don't talk about because they don't want to be assassinated. So he, he did the experiment on himself and publicized it, and one of the networks was brave enough to tell the story, and lo and behold, all of a sudden, and I, I'll never forget, this, this whole war was going on between trying to keep him out of the market, and so what they did was they were trying to keep him out of the market until they could get it approved that the prescription drugs could become over-the-counter drugs. As soon as the prescription drugs became the over-the-counter drugs, because they knew that a lot of people weren't going to trust, weren't, weren't going to trust the med, weren't going to trust the medical marvel. They would still be addicted to the medications and still think, "Oh, I just need to go buy this. I need to go buy it. I need, oh Lord, when my prescription oh it's over-the-counter now. Let me go buy it all up over-the-counter. They can still make money, right? Because it's all about money. It ain't about saving lives is all about making money so once they got it approved where the prescription drugs could become the over-counter drugs and they could get they had time enough to get their marketing campaign out there to persuade you that no you don't have a parasite you really got you really got an ulcer you really, you know even though your doctor can't can't necessarily confirm but if it feels like this then perhaps you should still take the over-the-counter so i was like homeboy look i'm, I'm about tired of having to fix you some special food and not put this in the food and not put that in the food. You know, it's like, I need you to go to your doctor. And his, and I literally said to him, 
Just what I saw in this special. I said, I need you to go to your doctor and say specifically this, have them test you for the parasite. He goes to the doctor and says exactly what I told him to say, what the, what the experiment I saw told me to say. And lo and behold, they give him, it was a nine-day prescription. A nine-day, uh, not prescription, a nine-day, well, it was a prescription of a nine-day medication. You take it all and voila. When I tell y'all, he come back, he said, yes. I have a parasite. He went around here thinking he got he got this ulcer because he done had this lifestyle and the military and all this stuff. You know, he it's just he can't he can't deal with this. He's stressed out about this that, and that. Dude, you got a parasite. He had the parasite and, and the intestinal parasite. He took the medicine for nine days. In fact, and within a couple of days, he was feeling amazing. And the first thing he did after ninety-nine days was ate this huge bowl. Of spaghetti. He couldn't even eat spaghetti, y'all. Are we talking about pasta and spaghetti sauce? He had a big old, I'm fixing a big old thing of spaghetti. And I don't know, I can't tell you how many beers he drank. He hadn't had a beer since he was a, a, a young military, whatever. And and literally, literally, this was a cure. There, and I say all that to say there are cures out there, but the cures are in the failure. You know, it's in, it's in the failure. You have to go and look at what it is you're trying to do. Stop looking at the people who've only come as far as you have and you go, and, cause, and this, is what, this is what every networking group is. I'm gonna bring it on home. Bring it on home at 33 into this. Every networker, stop going to, I'm, no, I ain't gonna tell you stop going. Go to your next networking and say to everybody in the room, we, have, we only come so far because this is all we know. We have got to look, we've got to get, you've got to get beyond. You've got to break the barriers. You've got to break the cycle. You've got to stop looking, stop looking at the one or two people that are deemed successful. Everybody like, oh, we got to get like Oprah. We got to get like Jobs. We got to get like Gates. And we got to get like this, that, and the other. They've only come so far. They've only, I mean, they've only, they, not, not only. I don't mean to say it like that. I'm like, the thing that they did, and I'm going to tell you where the failure is because we did it with, uh, you can go on our YouTube and you can catch a podcast I did called 27 Answers to Rock Like Oprah, one of the freebies we have out there. Uh, 27 Answers to Rock Like Oprah. The one thing that people, well, there's several things that people, reason why we don't have more Oprahs, there's several things that people don't do. And you can basically Gary Busey her name and find the first thing you don't do is you don't focus enough on ownership. Okay, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get like Oprah if you don't focus on ownership. And I mean like ownership in everything you do. She wanted to go to Weight Watchers. She's like, I need to own a piece. I should own a piece of Weight Watchers. Like, I, you know, again, here she was. Again, I want to lose weight, but look how many times I failed at losing weight. You know, I want to I want to lose weight. I want to try to I want to try one more time. But I I need to if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do Weight Watchers, I need to own a piece of it. Let's get me the meeting. Get me the meeting and. Not only that, she publicized it, okay? I probably need to change the P. Well, the P stands for philanthropy because a lot of people don't know about the philanthropy, how philanthropic she really is. So let's change the P in that. Somebody uh, update update the uh, thing. We're going to change the P to publicize. One of the things that Oprah does, and I don't know that she, I don't know that we should change it to publicize because she really doesn't publicize a lot. And if you do look at the, the ad campaigns, like the ad campaigns for Weight Watchers, I mean, the, the, the public, the, 
publicity for own failed, the publicity for, yeah, you know about it, but you don't know about it through the, through the marketing campaign that they had. It failed. You know about Weight Watchers, but they went around here calling it WW. And you thinking they're getting ready to say WWW. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. I'm in, I'm in marketing is what I do. And, and a lot of people are like, what do you think about this campaign? And I have to say, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. They get ready to take, they ready to go on tour. This tour, nobody knows about this tour because they keep saying WW. When you say WW, people in their mindset, they're waiting for the other W. And guess what? They stop listening at W. Let me tell you, W is the most hated alphabet out there. When you say W, first of all, people think you should talk about Bush. Okay, then you say WW, people don't know what the hell that is. Then they're waiting on you to say WWW, like you're going to get them a website. Did you really just change this brand to WW? They changed it to WW because they don't want to tell you to lose weight because these, all these curvy fashionistas out here, they like weight. We okay. We okay at the size. We are. We okay with the hips that span, okay, and, and, and chest and arms. And we okay with the, We okay. They trying to, now you got Lizzo. And like, and you, you are trying to go on tour telling people to lose weight, but you scared to say Weight Watchers. You scared to, you scared to call us fat. We can't say that no more. It's like, so the marketing campaign is failing. So they, they're going to have to go back because they got a tour. They're going on tour starting in January. They got to go back. They're going to have to go back and do this. They need to, you still need to say Weight Watchers because, and there's even, you can call me. I can tell you, I can tell you what the selling point is in that. I mean, you, you need to say Weight Watchers for one. Because, I mean, Weight Watchers, it doesn't say, um, it doesn't say, like, Luke become a size zero. It just says Weight Watchers. And they don't want to do it because they, they don't want to talk, they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to, nobody wants to associate weight, a person's size, to their health anymore. They don't want to say that, oh, if you are this size, you may have these health, health conditions and so forth. Um, but even people, even women who are, I got a, a friend that was here, she's actually gone back to the islands. And she's, she's got the thick thighs thing going on, and she's got curvy pose. She's, she's a, a, a large woman, and she's, but she worked the pole from floor to ceiling. And, yeah, and she's working on curving that out. There are some people who, you know, no matter what size, they still want to, they still want to look a certain way in their clothing. They still want to fit. They don't want to, they don't want to have to, you know, I know now, like I got this tea sitting here. I got this tea steeping because I'm tired of tugging on my shirt. I'm like, dang, I went to go put on, we had uh, a day to honor the, the baseball team. I was going to go put on my shirt, and I love my brave shirt because I love a nice V-neck, right? I'm like, dang, I look nice in a V-neck, you know? And I'm like, I go to put on a V-neck. I'm like, I'm tugging all day. I'm like, dang, it's going to rise up. The belly's about to come on out of there. I'm just saying. But would I go to, would I go to WW? No, because I don't know what that is. I, would, I might go to Weight Watchers, you know? I think they need to go back to Weight Watchers. I, I don't know about that. But anyway, let me go back to Oprah. So ownership, you're not going to become a Madam C.J. Walker. You're not going to become an Oprah of Jobs or Gates unless you focus on ownership. And it's funny because I had a chance to watch one of the chambers. They were having a live stream uh, session, uh, one, of their, one of their workshops. But let me tell you, you keep going to these networkings and everybody's sitting there in their failure. And you're not doing the, the it's just one thing. It's just one more thing you need to do that we stop at. And 
You got to figure out what that is. I can't tell you right now what it is. I, I'm because I'm watching. I'm watching the Falcons' failure, and in the, the Falcons' failure, I'm like, well, dang, they keep they keep doing the same thing. You know, they have got to win today, which means they got to communicate today, which means they got to make sure the quarterback doesn't get sacked. They got to make sure that the quarterback is able to release the ball and hit his targets. Right? I know that because in this season, I have watched. Those, not those, I'm not watching the Patriots. I'm watching the team that fails. I'm watching the team that have done that in by, by the order of the 100 years in the NFL, which they're celebrating, in the order of the 100 years that here's a team that for the first time was able to uh, invest in a coach, invest, in, invest deeply in going deeply into their pockets and invest in talent, right? Um, have Have everything going for them, invest in a, Billion dollar stadium, okay, which you, they, they even failed at, at that because they didn't build up all the stuff around the stadium that they should have built at the same time, like SunTrust. Like, like, say, for instance, at the same time they were building this stadium, in the time of building that one stadium, the other uh, baseball team left the, the, the downtown area, went to another area, not only built a stadium, built, built the hotel built the restaurants, the dining area. So therefore, it's a high, highly uh, visited entertainment district, even when there is no game. It's not a ghost town when there's no game. In fact, there are probably more people there enjoying it when there is no game. Cause then you like, and then they give you four hours free parking. I'm just saying, right? They like, they like, can we check off? We don't want to do this project, and this is what they said. We don't want to do this project unless we can check all the boxes. And if you take the tour, and they will, part of the tour, they'll tell you that that's really what they wanted to do in Atlanta. That's really what they wanted to do in downtown Atlanta. And unfortunately, the people that we, that not we because I moved out of the city of Atlanta, people that have been elected in the city of Atlanta, in the city government in Atlanta, um, won't let, didn't let it happen. The previous administration that, that, who they said to hell with you, okay? The previous mayor, they were like, okay, who is this to hell with him? Let's just go. Let's just go. I don't know what he's trying to get out of us. I don't know what, you know, he's obviously not down for the betterment of this city. So let's just go on and go. Let's just let's done deal. And then he he who he 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 whom loves publicity went out there and said whatever he wanted to say. But you know, all that, all that niceties that now exist just up the road could have been in Summerhill, right? I'm telling you, but that's the development that it wanted to do there, and it, it did not happen. And when you look at this team that fails, Arthur Blank, and this in this stadium, and the, the curse that is believed to be on Arthur Blank and the stadium over there encroaching on uh, the ruins of black excellence, that's another failure. We call it the ruins of black excellence, meaning Mars Brown, um, he has built this stadium in the in the path of um, a black man owned the best piece of property in this city, and that's Herndon Homes, uh, Herndon Home, and um, it used to have the best view. You could look from Herndon Home, probably damn near to South Carolina, um, the way it sat on the hill. And so he's over there building, 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 encroaching, trying to close in that view. And I don't know if he's a vengeful man or if this is really, you know, I, I don't know. I cannot tell if this man, I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. Because, I, cause I mean, I, I have to look at, I'm like, but look at what you're doing. 
Look what you're doing. I know you, I know you try to put the publicity side of it out there like this, but this is what it, it hits like this. It feels like this, right? It feels like this. But at the same time, I just called it the ruins of black excellence. Because it's like, wow, we had this stadium going and this stadium over here is falling down. The original stadium that, that was over there, the first one that was over there, which is on the HBCU campus, um, it's falling down. So I don't know. It's like, what, what do we do? You look at the failure. Look at the failure. Look at the failure. Okay, so I'm watching this team and their failure. And I'm watching, you know, one of the things that we do, um, especially as it relates to Y2K20. We are 20 years into having access to how to do stuff. 20 years and everybody having access to it. Nobody being able to say they didn't know. You know, if you are to this day saying, man, I don't know how to do this. It's like, I don't know. You got to go. Y'all, I saw, I saw a guy. Let me talk about these phones. I saw an accident this weekend. This guy flipped his car. And the only way I know he was out of the car safe, and I don't know how safe he was, but he was running <laughs> from the accident. And the only thing I could see was his phone and his socks. And I'm like, how I can understand adrenaline getting you and your persons out of a situation. Like he didn't know maybe the car was going to blow up. I don't know if he was running just to get away from the car because he, he come out of the car and he ran back across the road. And jumped over in, jumped over the rail. He leaped the rail like he was a high jumper. And I heard the worst stomp, so I don't know if he survived. I don't know. But I don't know if he thought the car was going to blow up. And we were all going to blow up because it happened, like, right in front of us. And uh, he ran. He jumped that way. I don't know if he was escaped. I don't know. All I know is some kind of way he had his phone in his hand. I don't know if he was had his phone in his hand. Maybe he was texting. Maybe he was a distracted driver. I'm thinking on the side of the road was some construction stuff. I don't know if he hit that and that flipped him over and he ran. But he had that phone in his hand. You got your phone in your hand. You got a device somewhere close to you or else you can't hear this. You can only hear this on a device. Just like I am sitting here talking about failure there are podcasts. Let me tell y'all, there are some podcasts out there that are giving me my life. Y'all know I'm listening to Jamil Hill, explicit warning, but she is uh, curating probably one of the best podcasts, um, cat, one of the catalogs, if, I, if, if you will, podcast catalogs out there where she's speaking um, with people who are talking about their failures, but they're talking about their success. But they're talking about all that happened before they reached this, before they came to grips was, whoa, I did that. I, it's, it's a lot of, I did that. It's a lot of, and, and, and not knowing they did it. While they were in the midst of doing it, they didn't know that they were doing it. It's like, whoa, you did that. We're saying you did that. The, you know, they woke up famous, which is a, uh, my course that's coming. Wait, they woke up famous. You know, Oprah woke up famous. Oprah was a, a news anchor like everybody else. And we had a whole generation where every news station was out there trying to find a black face. And Oprah was one of her city. Gail, her best friend, was in the next city. We had a couple of them here in Atlanta, Chicago, D.C., West Coast, uh, uh, North, I don't know about Midwest. Um, Midwest wasn't trying to have it. I think they still don't, they still don't have them, some of the Midwest places. But, and, and many of them spent 
um, 30, 40 years on air in that position as, quote-unquote, you know, the first black women or the first, and a lot of the men, the black men, I remember this guy in Atlanta, he had a meltdown one day because he was trying to, he was trying to become top anchor, and he had a meltdown, I think he had a little too much to drink, and he ran it, I can't remember if he ran it on social media, but it ended up on social media because he didn't understand the value of social media, and he ran it, and he said something about one of the iconic black, first black women, and next thing you know, they were like, you're fired. You're out of here. And he had to leave. I don't know. I don't even know if any other city hired him or if he had to go and do something else. And this was the brother. He was like, you know, black men. He was. He did one of those black black men can't get nowhere for black women, and and because they hire a black woman and they they do check two boxes or whatever, whatever. You know, we were like, oh, really, brothers? That's how y'all feel? Because that's how they feel. <laughs> a lot of them, right? That's literally, that's literally how they feel. He couldn't become the head of his household because, you know, she forever going to be on air and all this. Because we were like, whoa, right? But learn from that failure. It's like, okay, you don't say that. <laughs> you don't, don't say that in a setting where it can be publicized. It, it, was, it was a shakeup. It was a serious shakeup. And, and a lot of people from that moment learned, and many of them to this day, are always saying, can't say that, can't say that, can't do this, can't do that. Uh, but when they go to their their associations, they speak on this, and I, and, I, and one of the associations was live streaming. And I'm like, mm, they might not have should have live. I don't think they should have live. See, they, that, they should not have live streamed that. That should have been one of those things, okay, we all black up in here, let's just be safe space. If they had asked me, I would have been like, no, I don't live stream this one. Because... It was so many triggers. I know I was I was totally triggered. Like I said, I should probably go delete my comments. Hell, they should delete my comments because they shouldn't. They should not. They should not have had that live streaming. They they should have that. And this is the thing. And this is where we're headed. Uh, everything that need to be live. I mean, just wait and edit it. You know, and and take some of the key points. That would have been that would would have been a great piece to come back as uh, as uh, some later content. Uh, because it triggered, it, it's like, wait a minute, we still have, we're still here. This is, these are still our pain points as, as business owners, as entrepreneurs, as, as dealing with these things. Let me go back to Oprah, 27 has to rock Oprah ownership. <laughs> these people, there were many owners in this room and what they were talking about was how to change up some of the narratives that we have. And I'm like, okay, well, they're in a room full of owners. You're not, you're not going to change narratives that come across mediums unless black businesses become the advertisers you know i mean that's that's just the bottom line and they are not and they have not and they probably won't ever and i think i said that i was like this is this will never happen because if you've sat in that chair on those panels and i've been there and you have to you saying that now and watch uk20 it's it's never gonna happen it's never gonna happen and because and when they got to the Q and A, there was a guy in the back of the room. He was like, "Dude, you even you in the back of the room, right?" He sat in the back of the room. I don't know why they gave him the microphone, and he recanted all the things that we cannot do. Stuck on that cell, we fail at this, we fail at that. And then they were like, "Brother, what's your question?" And he was like, "Okay, so how do we do it differently?" Nobody had any answers. They didn't. They didn't have an answer. You do. You do the one thing. You do the. You do the one thing that you haven't done. The Falcons will win today. I know I'm bringing it back to the sport. The Falcons will win today if they do the thing that they haven't done. That is, keep the quarterback from getting sacked. Get the turnovers. You got to get the turnovers. I, I, and I've heard that. I don't know that. I just keep hearing. 
all around the nation in the NFL, they keep saying, man, if the Falcons was to get some turnovers, okay, they got to get to a score that even if they do lose, uh, well, you know, that was a whole 28-3 and three thing, but hmm, if you had, if you were, if you were 48, or if whatever, what is, what's another, give me another score. If they were high, if they had a higher score that you wouldn't, I mean, we have seen teams do things in two minutes against this team. It's like, we made it this far. It's two minutes left in the game. How are we going to lose? In, in football, two minutes could take 30 minutes. I'm like, oh, my God, what is this? You think two minutes, oh, I could at least go on in the kitchen. No. I'm still sitting here 30 minutes and we are losing. I'm like Matt Ryan on the sideline. We're both sitting here looking like, what the hell? Okay, but anyway, Oprah, for those of you who don't want to go over to YouTube and check out 27 Answers, um, ownership, philanthropy, philanthropy, but I want to talk about publicity. I'm going to change it for, for the sake of this conversation. It is, it is about publicity. Uh, it could be publicity. It could be priorities, prioritizing, um, or is risk all day, all day. You have not because you just won't take that risk. And so many people don't get beyond failure because I know failure hurts. It hurts losing. It hurts being close to a loss. It hurts having to recoup your losses. It, 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 it's like it drives you crazy. But those who succeed take that risk one more time. I was thinking about Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry is opening his studio uh, this weekend. And uh, I didn't get an invite because and, and this the narcissist in me thinks it's because I was Team Monique. Or maybe I'm maybe I didn't even answer the email. I don't know. So anyway, but uh, Tyler Perry, and I, I and let me tell you, I did one of the best Tyler Perry interviews ever. I could just go look best Tyler Perry interview ever. Talk. I did a Tyler Perry interview a long time ago, about two thousand three, uh, and so I've known this is something that he has wanted for a very long time. But one of the things when we talk about publicity, one thing that sticks in my craw. Um, that he uses as part of publicity is this homeless narrative. And I'm like, dude, dude had all kind of family. I'm going to start sipping on this tea I got steeping here. Uh, dude had all kind of family, y'all. And I, I, this is so perfect how I set this up. I put this little, um, I was steeping my tea, this little thing I have in my tea, but on top of my tea. And I'm like, that's the perfect little cup. It sealed my cup. And then it's the perfect little thing to take and sip my tea bag in. Oh my God, that's so cute. Let me take a sip. sip, sip, sip. And I'm trying not to sweet this tea, although it has a little hint of sweet. It has, a, it's a scent of tea. You know, it's a smooth, smooth tea. Remember that tea? Remember I went to my cousin's house and she's like, you need some tea. You know, I'm like, okay, grandma, <laughs> help me move. So anyway, TMI. Okay. But anyway, I'm drinking, I went and got me a box of Smooth move tea. So when y'all do see me in the kitchen, you're like, oh, she got that flat belly going on. You know why. But anyway, so and going back to Tyler Perry. So Tyler Perry is opening his uh, studios. And it's, it's absolutely awesome and amazing because I grew up just right outside the gates of that studio. My childhood home is literally a um, few steps walking distance outside um, the back gate of that Camelton Road. Uh, in Atlanta, also a street, two streets over from Camelton Road. So it does my heart good. And, and I'm also looking, because there's another brother 
uh, that is also focused on ownership along with Tyler. And one of the reasons that Tyler doesn't have the entire thing is that there are other people that want a piece of the action that focus on ownership. The reason that Tyler Perry is opening it or, or growing his, his studio basically, he's always had some form of fashion going on here in Atlanta. Um, and, but the reason why he doesn't have the entire thing is because there are other people who want parts of that base. And of course, now mind you, you know, there have been requests for proposals and for people to develop the base, uh, ever since they decided to, to close the base. And, he had um, the kind of a kind of a grand opening, even though it's been there. Many movies have been filmed there, and, and so. But I'm gonna check. Hopefully, there's a tour. I'd rather than go to the Sheen Dig and the Pump and Circumstances. I'm hoping that this is a place where you can go on a movie studio tour, pretty much like you do when you go to Hollywood. So hopefully, there is a tour. I can't wait to go and see. Uh, I know he has this show called The Oval, and they said he's built a full-on White House up in there for exteriors, and I don't know, maybe interiors as well. Well, surely interiors because a lot of the things are going to take. Um, and I and and I, I love, I just love driving by there um, and to see that kind of development. And people are hoping and praying that the success of the studio spills over into the neighborhood beyond reentrification. People like to say gentrification but it's re-entrification uh, folks are re-entering the neighborhood that they want to live so it's not all gentrification it's some re-entrification re-entrification is a word uh, a black female rapper came up with trying to encourage um, the successful uh, music people to go back and invest in their communities well these people are reinvested in their communities as well because they the ones used to live there before it was integrated and so forth and so on. And many of them not. Some of them just moving to Atlanta. Like, okay, I like this house. It's close to work. Many of them work at Tyler Perry Studios. They work at the movie studios and a lot of the behind the scenes. That people are people are mad. People are pissed off at RuPaul right now. When RuPaul went up to accept his awards and his whole crew came up on stage, and everybody was like, wait, I'm a black people work with RuPaul. RuPaul was like, well, I'm black. The host is black. RuPaul said he checked all boxes. I'm, I'm black. I'm black male. I'm gay. He's like, uh, we're diverse. And they were like, but wait, baby, it can't be just you. It's got to be, got to be some more. I'm like, okay, well, did y'all see that video that, um, that, um, Jada, Jada did a video, her and her team. I remember when DL had his CNN show. He was like, showed a, showed a, did a selfie with his team. I'm like, sometimes we're just the only one. Some people are satisfied with that. I remember when we were complaining about scandal. It's like, well, why is Carrie Washington the only, you know, black woman on, on the show? You know, then they, then they brought on the, the black dude, and he ended up scandalizing their name. And then they brought on the other dude, you know. And then they went and hired the mother, and then, then they, the mother was like crazy trying to kill her daughter. I'm like, why the mother and the daughter got to have a bad relationship? Because that's a television narrative. There's no way they're going to show black women having a cohesive relationship. <laughs> no, it don't work like that. They crazy. She trying to kill her daughter and, and the world. Okay. Right. And she like, don't rock the boat. Let me get my good paycheck. Get your check. We just ain't gonna watch it. Right. And then people like, well, why y'all got to demand better? Cause that's what some people do. Get out the way. So anyway, oh, what we talking about Oprah? Let me wrap this up. Learn how to learn how to learn from failure. Uh, ownership, philanthropy or publicity, which one you need? Do you need to be more philanthropic? Because being philanthropic will get you some publicity, all right? Uh, risk, taking that risk. Maybe the one thing that you haven't done yet 
is take the risk or risk enough, you know. Um, and then the other part is something we all have at this point in Y2K20. We all have an audience. I can't tell you this weekend I was sitting back and observing people, how many people was were pushing out content. They don't consider it content, but they were snapping, they were posting their stories and taking pictures of this, that, and the other, and talking and going live and all of that. You know, you have an audience. You've got to master the audience. You need to have, there needs to be more construct and dictate on your audience more so than somebody making you feel good about yourself. Somebody liking you, because the minute they don't like what you put out there, what happens with your self-esteem? It's like Cat Williams said, it's called self-esteem. How can I make, how am I making you feel a certain way about yourself? It's called self-esteem, right? But the minute, and, and, and you hear this, people are like, man, ain't nobody watch my snap. Man, ain't nobody, ain't nobody like my post. Man, my family, my friends, man, they don't do this. Right, really? Is that, is that why you put it out there? I mean, and be honest about it. Be honest about it. Is that why you put it out there? I do how to get out of bed for Yolanda. And I, and I act like I, I'm talking to me. I don't see nobody else up in here. Y'all are hearing it later. This is me having a conversation full on and out loud expressing myself. And then I realized, oh, wait, it has an audience. So, therefore, you got to change up. You can't just be talking to yourself. You got to talk. People are asking questions. You got to answer the questions. You know, you got to go do the courses and the how-tos and write the books. You know, 27 answers how to create buzz. Those are notes to myself. Those are literally notes to myself. And somebody, a uh, mentor said, a woman who became a mentor said, well, you know, you should share those notes because people keep asking you these questions. You're like, and I can't tell you, there's, there's a friend, an old friend that probably won't speak to me right now. He told me, you need to write this down. You're doing this. You got to understand, you're one of the first people to do it. And people keep asking you how to do it. And you've been selfish by not, by not telling nobody, by not sharing. I don't want to, I don't, I'm like, because I didn't want people, because I knew I was taking a risk and there was a loss attached to that risk. And I'm like, and even, even um, the other day uh, I met with some folks for lunch and I, uh, I had some coffee. I, I got so many offers on the table right now and I'm like, and I'm weighing the risk. I don't mind taking the risk. I'm an entrepreneur by, sp- not, I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm a risk taker. I, I hate entrepreneurs. I mean, I, I hate, I hate being an entrepreneur. I don't, I'm not running business in that sense right because that's a whole other risk and I'm and I'm not taking that risk I always I have a safety net and I haven't tell people because there are people who will go and take the risk that I have but they don't understand the safety net you will go and buy a book and buy a course and do this and do that go pull your money out go do this stuff not realizing the safety net that that person has in place. You don't have that safety net. So guess what? You end up losing everything. So I was, I've got a couple of offers on the table and, and people were like, man, you know, cause they, they look through these lenses. They like, man, you know, you, it just looks like you got it. You, you doing this, you're doing that. And I, I want to do this with you. And I want to do that with you. And I have to assess where they are and taking the risk because I've been at the table before and I've said to people, listen, I'm okay investing in this. I'm okay taking that risk. I've got a safety net. I've got a supportive family. People, people always say their families don't support them. I've got a supportive family, right? I've got a fallback. I've got a other plan. They got a, they, in fact, they got another plan for me, right? So I, I, I've always been in a position where I could take X amount of risk. You know, 
I ain't got to go. Well, I need to go to work, but I'm unemployable because of the risk that I have taken. So I have to I have to monetize. I'm like I'm like some of these immigrants, you know, I can't go get one of them good jobs. I got to make money elsewhere and otherwise. And I have a supportive family. It's like, hey, listen, guys, I think I want to do that. Oh, you're good at that. Go ahead. We got you. That's what I hear from my family. So that's why you don't hear me see me come home. My family won't like my, no, my family like my stuff. My family share my stuff. Cause they're like, listen, she's been doing this a long time. You need to go, go see what she's doing. You know, and they don't have no problem with that. But I, some, and that's why somebody, that's why everybody says, well, you need to tell people how to do it. That's why I'm getting ready to do wake up famous because I woke up famous because influencers, they don't mind sharing my stuff. They ain't gonna, they ain't gonna just repost mine. No, you better hit that. You better hit that share button. I'll be reposting my stuff. Cause I'm gonna, I'm gonna watermark mine. Right? And they're like, well, tell everybody else how, how do you do that? And so I had to do, I have, and so right now, I am, when I get off of this, I am bringing back 27 answers. Uh, it's now Ask Dryer Buzz. Cause one of the, one of the issues we had with 27 answers was, um, it ended up, creating an entirely separate brand, even though people, even though it became a household name, just like in the kitchen and the lemonade and all, cause that's what I do well. I brand well. But when I had, when I launched the breakfast to focus on 27 answers, people wanted to have breakfast with dryer buds, right? So we got to figure out how to, we had to figure out like how to do this. Okay. Well, you know what? We also got ask dryer buzz. So let's just do dryer buzz. And then do Ask Dryer Buzz. So go check out AskDryerBuzz.com. You can watch me as I'm building that. And that's going to hit this week. Uh, the first course is going to be available on November the 9th to help you do that. So Oprah, ownership, philanthropy, risk, audit, mastering that audience. The one thing, even if you master all of that, even if you take the risk, even if you master the, realize you got an audience and you correct, you know, you get that audience coming to you. Even though you, you, got, you get, do you give back with your philanthropy or you get your publicity, you go out there, listen, go out there and hire your photographer. Go out there and hire you. Like, look at them Kardashians. They feel like a, they, have y'all noticed the Kardashians have replaced weddings with photo shoots. Like, you, this girl went and had a photo shoot with Tristan as if that made them a family. The other one went and had a photo shoot with, what's the boy name? Travis, as if that made them a family. No, y'all just had a photo shoot. Them, and, and, and they had these photo shoots, not weddings. They had photo shoots. And the men cheated with their friend who wasn't in the photo. You should have put her ass in the photo. So people would know that's your man and that's your friend. And if we were to ever see them together, you should be there too. You're going to talk about manifesting some stuff, Okay. I'm just saying, y'all out there talking about manifest, you better go hire yourself a photographer. Everything that I wanted to manifest in this five-year plan, I went, I was like, I, I went and got a photographer. I'm like, okay, follow me for the day. We're going to go to the barbershop. We're going to get the makeup done. We're going to go over to, uh, shout out to the Hammers house. We're going to do this amazing photo shoot. And this is going to become, this is what people are going to know me as, right? Because I had had the other photo for probably 10 years. I'm like, no, you know, it's a, it was the 15th or 16th anniversary but it was the 15th, I don't know, um, anniversary, 14th, I think it was. And yeah, 14, because now it's five years. It's, uh, let's, let's do it in the photo. So, um, so maybe your P is photos. Okay, go get your photos. I know people who have done, who done a photo, submitted that photo to things, and everybody said, oh, that's a good photo. End up on the cover of magazines, end up, you know, with all kinds of opportunities. And they ain't bit more saying nothing more than anybody else 
but they have taken care of the publicity part of that. People believe publicity. They believe their own publicity. Like Tyler Perry, I was talking about Tyler Perry with that with the homeless narrative. Even though his mama lived down the road. Okay? I'm like, you homeless, but your mama lived down the road. But he risked his rent. He risked his rent to buy to rent out of the theater to have another play. Still nobody came to the play, but guess what he did? He filmed it. Put it out there, y'all bootlegged the hell out of it. He, he took it and he pitched it and he pitched it. He pitched it to this producer who said, who gave him this check and he became the man next to the man and they kept it going, kept it going. Y'all kept bootlegging, bootlegging until he made him absolutely famous. Then he took, he took the, uh, the fact that y'all loved it and he, even though he couldn't make no money off of it because y'all was bootlegging it, he sold the, I, he sold the, he's like, well, they love these tapes. So I'm going to go and make this deal with Walmart. So I can get him my money up front and I can pay back my, my, the man that's giving me the money so we can make money. They're like, look, we got to get, we got to get, we can't be selling these tapes ourselves because people are bootlegging the hell out. We got to get some of this advanced money, right? And then if they want to bootleg Walmart, let them bootleg Walmart, right? Going to be, y'all went up in Walmart and bought a tape and then went and made, we talking VHS, y'all. And then y'all went and made your own tapes off of that. He was like, let them bootleg them. That's, that was the turning point. That was the turning point for Tyler Perry. They get Walmart advanced money. To go make these movies because one of the things that we don't do, we love being consumers, but we don't invest in people early on. If you found one guy writing them checks, like, okay, go make this play, go write this, go get that. It takes it take money to go do all that. We still don't, black people don't believe that. They don't, that's not what they, that's not what they subscribe to. Upfront money, child, try to get some upfront money out of people that slam out, curse you out. I got the inboxes to prove it. And the niceties not to not to show them. But anyway, okay. Um, yeah, I do. I really do. But like I said, even the offers that I have on the table right now, I've got to assess um whether or not I whether or not the people are I can take the risk. And I've got one offer like, whoa, that's a risk that I have that's something I haven't done before. That might be the thing. Maybe if I say yes to this and I was talking it over, like I said, with the family, I'm like, y'all, what do y'all think? What do y'all think? And they're like, try it. You know, they're like, well, eh, do it this way, do it that way. You know, what is this risk? What level of risk is this? Because, you know, we've, we've, we've done some risk and things have paid off. But what level of this is something different? This is something, this is a collaboration we have not yet done before. We've not yet done this one before. Maybe this is the, the risk that we take. But the last thing that people don't do enough of, even though they want to become the next Oprah, the one thing they don't do is honor. And O-P-R-A-H, ownership, philanthropy, or publicity. And I, I really don't know that Oprah has had, well, I, don't, I, I still can't attach publicity to it, even though they have the magazine, even though, because, you know, you don't, see the Oprah commercials you don't you don't you just don't see it so I think it's I don't know I don't know and it I'm I'm torn I'm torn on the P there but you know but you know I, I would say publicity I was I'm gonna say publicity I'm gonna say publicity is there even though of late the last publicity issue there have been some issues with publicity namely this tour that's coming up called WW like that's that's like bad, bad, you know, and uh, it's bad. Weight Watchers. So I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to say Weight Watchers, and hopefully they'll revert they'll revert to it. Um, 
But then again, like I said, P, publicity, R is risk, uh, A is audience all day. Um, she took out everybody with her audience, took out everybody. Shout out to Tamron Hall, who's trying to, who's trying to follow. And, 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 that, and Tamron, Tamron, that's it, honey. Ownership, publicity, risk, audience, and, and that last one is honor. And I think Tamron has that, uh, if you look at her shows, I still worry that there's still not enough edge to her shows. Cause I think people still are still seek that edge, even the, and, and, and when you think about what she's trying to do with her show, uh, we've not yet seen it happen on network television because she is on, on the ABC network. And I would, and something happened this weekend, uh, last week, we started seeing publicity that, um, Kelly, Kelly, what's her name? Ke- Idol, American Idol Kelly. Kelly, I don't know her name. Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. Anyway, her show got moved to nine o'clock. I think her show got moved. Her show got moved to 10 o'clock, moved to mornings. Both of them in, in, Tamron, when she came on air, she said, I won't allow them to pit me. I won't compete with another woman ever again. You will not force me to compete with a woman ever again um, because they put them on at the same time. You know, Kelly came on in the Steve Harvey slot. Well, now both of the shows, if I remember correctly, either both of the shows are now airing on the, either the same network, um, but now at different times they were on competing networks. But I swear I heard that Kelly's show has been moved to 10 uh, and they moved this entertainment show that used to talk about the viral video videos. Like, what was it, right this minute? So now Tamron has uh, the afternoon. The afternoon, hell, Oprah was in the afternoon. So I don't know if that was, I don't know if that was perhaps maybe Tamron was doing a little bit better. I don't know. They don't want to, she don't want to compete, Right. Um, but I think she has everything. I think there's still, there's still some things. It still seems almost infomercial like, I think because of the, the color scheme and, 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 and some of the shots, it's still, or maybe the audience, you know, they still got that. Let's go out and find, let's hurry up and get some people in here in these chairs until people, you know, come into New York or wherever they tape, want to come and be a part of this show right now. The, the audience is still, whoever's casting or crafting that, the audience um, it still has a little bit of an infomercial look to it. However, the topics have been awesome and off the chain. But I, th- I think it still needs it still needs something, and particularly publicity. It definitely needs some publicity. They got they running heavy on social media, um, and 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 she needs to hurry up and do some things. And also, I was looking to talk about failure. I was looking uh, one thing that hit in my. On my Instagram, Al Roker, uh, some of the, the content that Al Roker has been sharing, it hits on my Instagram simply because we have the cooking in common because we went down, the, we went into the kitchen. Um, Al Roker, some of Al Roker's content, and it just showed me that, you know, Al had surgery and was returning to third hour of today. So I was like, oh, that's a failed show. Let me go look at because that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at, you know, what, what, what was the failure here, but they keep trying. Like NBC keeps trying to redeem itself. And, you know, NBC has failed for like the last 20 years. They've been like 
one failure after another. You know, they've had Me Too um, host over there. They've had all kind of scandal over there. In fact, that's where Tamron, they, they got rid of Tamron when really they should have given her. She should, she should literally have third hour. I mean, you want to redeem this thing, third hour should have been hers. You know, hell, probably the first hour um, because she's just that good as a, as a journalist and as entertaining. It can, it can be. Uh, but so is Al, Al Roker is, is highly entertaining, but they have him as part of this uh, three or four panel. And I'm like, whoa, there's a whole lot of failure going on. There's, there's some real bad body language on that show. Um, and I'm like trying to figure out like, what is that? In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it today. Today's Sunday. Can't watch it today. We're going to watch it tomorrow because I noticed it because I looked on their Instagram. I went down the Instagram. The dog is like so restless, y'all. Out. Um, out. Um, I looked down there, I looked down their timeline. I'm like, whoa, this, this body language is really a thing. So I'm, I'm interested to see what's going on there because you, because you're talking about publicity and you talk about audience. So what is it? Here's your task for the day. We're, we're a little over it's Sunday. We do a little extended, extended show. Um, your task for the day is to look at not the success story. I got books all over the place of people that are success that have reached levels of success. And you know what each of them say in, in reaching their level of success? They do talk about their failures. They do talk about having to go back and maybe take a little bit more risk or recognizing this or, or owning a little bit more of that. But also look at those look at those what about those who gave up? Go and look at go and look at some of those who abandoned. And and when you when we look at technology and some of the technology today, like right now, uh, a lot of the social medias are focusing on threaded conversation, right? Well, when when the internet first started and people started to corral online, to congregate online, they would congregate in these forums of threaded conversation. And I'm looking at uh, the Facebook groups. I'm looking at the redesign of Twitter uh, profiles and Twitter uh, tweets. You know, now if you see a tweet, you can literally sit on that page. It's literally a threaded conversation, right? What they have done is they have gone back and look at the person that gave up, the person who developed the code, and and I think it was a brother, that put out this original, original code of a threaded conversation. Well, I know it to be a brother because I, that's, those are people that I trusted online. You know, I'm like, I'm going to go, tr- I'm, tr- I'm like, what's called? I'm only trusting the black people. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I, I'm some of this other, cause, cause I'm telling you, it was crazy online in the early days, but in these forums, and there were some brothers that, I, there, there were some brothers out there, shout out, uh, Rob Redding, shout out, shout out, uh, Omar, who had Black Planet, uh, shout out, and, and, and he got his code, he developed some of his code and got some of the other code, that threaded conversation from a brother, shout out to the Connect platform, all of the Connect platform, it's still out there, you can, you, you want to start your own social network, you can go over to the Connect platform and start your own, it's still over there, it's still operational, all you got to do is start using the link, they ain't going nowhere, Black Planet ain't going nowhere, hell, MySpace ain't going nowhere, even though Tom went over there and, and took everything that, you know, he went, it's like Omar, oh, Omar finna abandon, Omar finna abandon Black Planet because, you know, black people, they don't invest in black people. They, they like, they shame, like, you're on Black Planet? You know, they, black people shame everything. So Tom was like, oh, we, we, let's just wait. 
Let's bring them on. Let's get ready to bring. They, they shame hanging out with themselves. Let's bring them on over into my space. Your first white friend was Tom. Your first white friend online. <laughs> if you weren't on AOL, and many of y'all weren't on AOL, the numbers don't lie. Um, but your, your first white online friend was, was Tom. I'm sorry to everybody else that was listening didn't realize this was, that I was black. Uh, you know, I don't know why you couldn't tell in the dialect. But anyway, uh, some of our first white online friend was was Tom, and you and, and, and look, you had Tom and everybody, and everybody else was was black or Asian or white or whatever you were or musicians. You know, you had Tom and all and everybody else was musicians, or you had Tom and all the graffiti artists. You had Tom and all the, everybody else in your sorority. You had Tom and everybody else in your fraternity. However, you get down. However you got down in your top eight, what was the top eight, top 30? You know, you can have top eight. And if you want, you know, most people, they, they like, I'm only going to have eight. You know, we don't need all of them. You know, I, I, I think I probably had top 30, top 500. I was like, because I, I love everybody, y'all. I'm just, I'm just saying. But I was still on Black Planet. I was still hosting chat rooms over there on AOL because, you know, AOL used to charge you by the minute. And I'm like, well, shoot, I'm going to host a chat room so I can have AOL for free. Because I'm tired of them going up. I'm addicted to this thing. I'm tired of them going up in my bank account. And so I used to host chat rooms. That's how I became a, that's how I became a blogger. Um, like, oh, that's, how I, that's how I developed the audience for which I became a blogger. Um, I used to host the chat rooms on AOL so I could use AOL for free. Like, y'all ain't, ah, uh, how many hours I need to run this chat room? Well, if you run, the, you run the chat room for X amount of hours, you get X amount of hours free on AOL. I'm like, honey, because you your family come home and see that AOL done took all you took all your good money. Uh, you like you find other resources, and that's 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 a failure tip right there. Find another way, find another way. Reimburse expenses, right? So I used to host a chat room, and I and I was known all around the world, and everybody was like, "Wait, you in Atlanta? What's it like living in Atlanta?" Every, every, all around the world, people loved Atlanta. And so they would always ask me these questions about Atlanta. So I started writing about Atlanta. Hey, if you come into Atlanta this week, go to this, go to that, go to this event, go eat here, go do this, go live. Um, you move into Atlanta, you want to live here. You want to go to this school. If your child is interested in this, you want to go live in this district, that district, all these things. Every day I'm like answering all these questions, you know. And then I'm like, man, I need, I'm spending a lot of time on here. So then I started, um, at that time, um, um, real estate, you know, real estate people were, real good with incent incentivizing their relationship. These people, these people out here today, they want you to send them a, 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 a what do you call it? A, a buyer. And they don't have it. How you not, you don't, you don't have a referral. You don't have a referral fee. They think it's a, a kickback. No, it's an incentive. It's called a referral, right? It's a referral fee. And you publicize that up front. You send me a referral, you get three, four, five hundred dollars. So I'm like, hey, here I have this person. They're relocating to Atlanta, and that money was like coming in. I'm like, how y'all think I raised like four, four kids? Okay, I'm just saying. You, there's ways out there. You got to do it. You got to do what other people fail at. You got to do what other people fail at. And oftentimes they're not writing the books. You just got to go and figure out what they fail at. So, uh, I AOL. Write about that. Where was I going? What, how did I get on this wormhole? I don't even remember. Anyway, if I didn't finish the story, because I don't remember where I was, so we're down another wormhole, tweet me, tweet me at Dryer Buzz. We can get a good threaded 
conversation going on. We can talk about it. We can have a little bit of a, a little bit of an after talk while I go over here and work on the store. The store is coming back. Ask Dryer Buzz. Go to Ask Dryer Buzz. I'm getting ready to load the course. Uh, it's a pod course. It's a pod course. And these are um, conversations we might have if you elected consulting. But since we don't have time for that, you can download some conversation. I'm going to post some conversations that you could purchase for a download. And it's going to tell you how to create your own podcast, how to rock like Oprah, um, how to master a podcast audience and so forth. And that's what I was talking about on the AOL. I ended up with this international audience and they were all, they were all interested in Atlanta. Uh, and so then I, I like, let me go out and get some more stories. And then, and then came the, you know, when you leave online, um, it, it just got interesting. It got interesting. And that's when I started to realize how some parts of Atlanta wasn't uh, publicized as much as others. Didn't have the benefit of publicity. I, I started to learn once I once I decided to start writing about Atlanta. I realized that some parts of Atlanta didn't have the benefit of publicity as much as others. And so I decided to create a movement, a movement, and it was a media movement that I tried to establish with established me traditional media uh they thought i was crazy like uh who wants to give that much power to people what do you mean take feedback and have comments and and engage what do you mean engage we're trying to influence what they believe what do you mean engage with them and i'm I'm like well there will come a time there will come a time i kept telling them there will come a time you know when when the power will be with the people so you might want to do it now you know, here we are 20 years later, and they're like, what was that you were telling us? Weren't you the one telling us? Well, I don't give a damn about you right now. Because that's what people do. When they can't do it with you, they go on and they do it by themselves, or they do it with others. So now here they are trying to figure out how to maintain their stronghold on influencing you. And guess what? There is a whole thing now called influencers, and they are not it. They are not it. They're, your influence, honey, let me tell you, let me tell you, did you see, um, y'all didn't see, did you see who was on, well, no, you didn't see, but let me tell you who was on, who was, who was mastering the red carpet, the audience for the red carpet at Tyler Perry's opening this weekend. The celebrities, honey, the celebrities was out there telling their own stories. They went out there trying to sell a story to, I don't know why, they should have been. Uh, hold some of it, and I think some of the some of it he did ask them. Look, don't post this. Let's t- let me keep some of this exclusive because we're filming it. We want people to, you know, he has done this associate, so he's done a deal with BET, trying to get y'all and the publicity on that ain't working so well. Uh, but have y'all have y'all subscribed to the BET streaming? Because ain't nobody got cable no more, so they like trying to get the cord cutters to get a membership to the BET streaming so y'all can watch. Tyler Perry all day. He's got up to thousand shows. You know, he don't spend enough time writing this stuff, but it's good. He's learning. Uh, but he did a deal with BT. And, uh, and so now BT has a streaming service, just like you subscribe to your Netflix and your Hulu. They want you to subscribe to them. And uh, I need to go see if there's some kind of affiliate for this so I can reimburse this conversation. Um, so, he was trying to get people not to put so much of it out there while they were there on social media. 
uh, and shout out to my good blogger friends uh, who came back with some really awesome content. I was sharing their content. Let me tell y'all guys, do me a favor. Y2K20, Y2K20, Y2K20. Um, can y'all hit that share button and not the repost button? Can y'all stop jacking people's stuff? Okay, because, I mean, you, you're, still gonna, you're still gonna have the same influence if you just hit that share button. It's still gonna go down your timeline. Your friends gonna still come to your page and they are gonna come to your page more so because let me tell you what the behavior is. When they see that you reposted it rather than shared it, they just gonna steal it from you. And post it. Like, stop. Hit the share button and not the repost button. Sorry for the repost apps who, you know, because they running all kind of ads on it. They monetizing it. You not. So at least let your friend get the benefit of their audience because you're still in their audience. Like, we, we don't get to go. We don't even get to know, well, whose stuff was this? I like this. I want to go get some more from them. And so, like, my good friends that was out there, I didn't go jacking their pictures. I didn't go jacking their posts because let me tell you, I have seen what a, what a blogger lawsuit looks like. And uh, I, I have never wanted one. Now, I've gotten a cease and desist letter, but I know how to answer them things. And first of all, I'm not trying to make that error of stealing, honey. I go take my own photos. I go purchase and license any stock photo. And I really don't even want to do that. I go make, take my own stock photos, okay? Uh, or license some of this stuff. Pay people. Ebony, Ebony over there. Ebony finna shut down because they they can't even pay people. They they like people are suing them for their money. They had all these. They tried to they tried to do the Huff Post and have all these people working for free, uh, thinking that they were gonna be able to monetize that. That ain't how it worked. Let me tip my tea. Ebony over there trying to do the Huff Post. You know you know the Huff lady, Huff Post. What's the name? What's the name? I don't know her name. I can't remember. She had all the people all them years. Writing all that content on there for free. And she went and sold that thing for a billion dollars or more. Ariana. Ariana Huffington. Huff Post. All those people, all those years, wrote that content for free. While those of us was out there had our own websites and things like that. People went over there and made, built that website up writing for free. And then she amassed the audience and then sold the audience. She sold access to the audience, you know, for a billion dollars. Okay. Ebony and Jack, did nobody want to go? Well, a few people went and wrote for them for free, but they tried to do the same business model. They tried to do the same business model, but they failed. Now me, I'm looking at the failure. Where did, where did they really go wrong? And going wrong wasn't even in the part of not paying people because you could, you could have incentivized them. In some, uh, in some way, shape, or form, if you, whether you had the budget or not. And they might even had the budget, but you got to understand the failure in it is it was a black thing. They, you're going to do something not quite right because you didn't go and look at the true blueprint of which went on with HuffPost. Now, one of the things I have not done in the 20 years I have been out here is I did not share, and I still to this day don't share anything coming out of HuffPost. I'm like, I'm not sharing that. Those people working for free, they ain't getting nothing. I ain't sharing that. No, I'm not. I, I just wouldn't. I'm like, let me go over here. Let me go over here and share the original, right? Because, you know, and, and it was several of them that did that. In fact, there's a full-on documentary out there. Um, I think it was about the New York Times about all these sites that came up and they were um, they were pulling all this, pulling all these sites. Like, what was it? Like, um, 
let me think, what do they call it? Oh my God, there, it's, it was on Netflix. Uh, I think it was about New, either I think it was about New York Times or not New York Post, New York Times, and they were talking about aggregating. There were all these sites that were aggregating content for everybody, and everybody was going to those sites because you could go to those sites, you could read something from here and something from there. Basically, they was pulling it like like what folks are doing now. They were pulling all the top content, the trending topics, into aggregating it into these these sites. And people were going to those sites in droves and the originals couldn't get the audience, right? And if you can't get the audience, you can't monetize the audience and so forth. So they put out a documentary and they talked about this. And lo and behold, I think like places like, like Reddit, I think it was, and I remember the guy who was the top guy, rest his soul, um, he was the top guy at the New York Times. And he was on a panel, I think, with somebody from Reddit. And some of the other sites that aggregated that everybody was going to, and he he I remember he printed a page, uh, he printed their website. He says this is what their website would look like if they were not aggregating the content of others. And he literally had cut out every story. And when he held up the printed page, it was like a legal page, legal legal piece of paper, and it had all these holes in it, right? Because the guy was talking about, you know, how popular they were and how they had all the great content and, and all that and the audience and, and they were getting the hits and the clicks all day and all this and the other. He was like, but those clicks that you're getting, they belong to others. Here's what their site would look like if they didn't aggregate, basically steal the content from everybody else. And I wish you could have seen dude just kind of melted and slumped down because they had no original content. They had no original content and they were not, um, they weren't um, doing any kind of profit sharing or, uh, or they weren't paying people for their stuff, but they were making all kind of money um, off, of, off of this content that wasn't theirs, you know? And so they were, and that, that was during the time when all the newspapers were failing because one thing about being online, the first, the first failure online was, well, when you, your local newspaper, rather than talking about local stuff had become your local newspaper had become a national newspaper. And this was the early on, and I should just go do some tech history on that. I need to get off of here, but your local newspaper had become a national newspaper and in becoming a national newspaper, they put themselves on a plane in a playing field in a game with the big boys or with the original places that they got the national news from, which was Reuters and AP. But now that everybody was going online to get their news, well, why would I go to you when I could just go to your source? And so people started going directly to Reuters, started going directly to AP, and started going directly to other sources and so forth. So they went national. Then everybody was like, well, in order for us to survive at all, we're going to have to go back local because the one thing they can't do, one thing the majors can't do is be local. They can't be local and they can't be everywhere. So, again, looking at absolute failure where somebody gave up and abandoned newspapers, bloggers and influencers and, and YouTubers uh, found their lane because newspapers did what? They abandoned local going after national, uh, trying to become the national, and that left that left the door open for people to talk, for, for like out, ain't nobody talking about Atlanta. Well, let me talk about Atlanta. Let me talk. Let the people were talking about Chicago and this, that, and the other, and all these other places, right? And so then they 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 
grab the audience. They, you, you abandon your audience. Newspapers, particularly local newspapers, abandon their audience. And in that abandonment, in that failure, somebody else was able to pick that up. Pick up the so that's why I said, don't sleep on failure. One of the best articles I have ever written out there is called the newspaper. I mean, what is it? The dog and the bone. Why newspapers are going, going, gone. That was one of the best. No, what that really isn't. What really wasn't the best that I had. The best one I had right now. That's uh, that trends every day. That gets daily views and daily comments. And now there's a television show. That's the Harlem Godfather. Uh, one of the best interviews. And let me tell you the. I got that interview because of the failure of media, not wanting to, for the failure of media and the failure of publishing, not wanting to publish, we're talking about Bumpy Johnson's wife. They did not want to publish, uh, publishing houses did not want to publish her story. She she self-published with a a co-author. They didn't want to interview her. I, I interviewed her because there was no, everybody was, everybody was focused on all this other stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute. Here's this, here's this local story. Here's a story local to Harlem, local to Harlem and the Harlem Renaissance and, and, and really the backbone of a black society, right? From civil rights to Malcolm X and all that kind of stuff is all tied up in this story. This woman at the time was 93 years old and I did this, she would be 103 today. 10 years ago or more, I did this story. She was 93 years old. Then I'm like, wait a minute, this lady's trying to speak. And I'm sitting back, and I'm sitting back because I'm like, there's no way she's going to talk to me. And I'm looking, and I'm waiting, I'm waiting for somebody. I'm like, I know somebody's going to jump on this because I could tell, like, man, this is buzzworthy. And no. And so I was like, well, I can, do, would you mind talking with me? Would you mind coming on to social media? Would you come? And she's like, yeah, and come and hang out in the chat room. And yeah, I had to explain how all that stuff worked because it was very early on. And, uh, and it wasn't, we didn't do this on Facebook. There was no Facebook at the time. There was no Twitter at the time. Um, there was MySpace. We put a little bit on MySpace. We put it, put it, we spent the day on Pal Talk. If you don't know about Pal Talk, it was the, the best social network ever. Uh, and it's still out there in some shape or form. Pal Talk's failure. Let me tell you what Pal Talk's failure was. Mobile. They didn't go mobile. They stayed desktop. They didn't go mobile. They have a mobile thing now, but it took forever. And it's still, I'm, I still don't like the mobile version, right? They still fail at mobile. Um, but it was for those who, the introverts who came home from work, went into their little computer space and spent the rest of their day. We didn't watch, we didn't watch television. We, we congregated every waking hour we had, we were online in our chat rooms. There were those over there in the, in the church rooms, the karaoke rooms, the game rooms, the movie rooms, the porn rooms, the, uh, rooms where they used to join each other all day. It was just like, that was our neighborhood. That was our virtual world. Uh, people that we have never met in our lives, but we have known all of our lives. Um, and, and my best friend on there, we've only met once, but she knows more about me than anybody or everything that I've probably been through, you know, and I'm telling you, it, it was, it was an amazing world. And, and you know what? There wasn't, there was still criticism, but then shame narrative and, and all this stuff, but it wasn't a lot of the stuff that's going on today. 
I mean, there was so much appreciation. We had so much appreciation for each other during that time. Because cause you get, you were getting with like minds. You like everybody, you're with people who feel this way. This is important. You're in this room because this is important. There was a pot, there was the political rooms, you know, all kinds of things. You, whatever, if you want to be international, you can go into international rooms. I mean, it's like, it's like you could always find. And it's very hard to do that now. Even though, you know, on, on Facebook, you got your groups and, and, and pretty much like you go into your groups and things like that, you know. But in failure, in the failure, in the things that have failed. And uh, let me lastly say this on tomorrow, I will be on uh, radio tomorrow. I, I think I'll post this because I, if I said in a podcast and you listen to the podcast later on in life, uh, you'll be like, oh, I got to f- catch that. No, it may have already happened. And if you're in the future, it's probably already happened. Uh, but if you're with me here in the present, um, check the timeline. I'll talk about it and we'll post it tomorrow. Um, and I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. No, I'm not right now. I just said I wasn't going to do that. Okay. I'll post that too. After this, do me a favor, go to Dryer Buzz and, and wait for it and wait for it. But also please go and check out Ask Dryer Buzz, askdryerbuzz.com. Uh, if you are familiar with what we did with 27 Answers, we are rebuilding that platform. For those of you know, we had to temporarily uh, and not, we didn't, tip, we moved the store to Amazon. We are now moving it back because when I was in caregiver mode, I just could not manage, um, the tech, all the tech stuff that I was managing on our own. So we put, uh, all, most of the 20 and it's going to still be on Amazon, but it's also coming back to Ash dryer bus so that I don't have to tell you to go all these different places. So if you were familiar with, if you, um, did the consulting down, you know, bought any of the books, um, we are moving that back to askdryerbuzz.com. And so I'm going to be working on that here just shortly. All right. I want to um, bid you guys again, a long one. It's the weekend edition, Sunday edition. Here comes my anxiety. Ooh, 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 y'all. We, we are uh, less than an hour from kickoff. The Falcons come watch failure with me. Will they, will they succeed? Did they go and watch not their own failure, but other teams in the hundred year history of the NFL? What other team could they have learned from Matt Ryan? What could he have learned this week? Had he not looked, watched his own tapes, right? Like why y'all watching y'all own tapes? What about those other teams that have come from way behind? You know, those are the, the, all those amazing highlights they show us every weekend. This quarterback that nobody thought would make it or this, whatever the mother positions are, running back, uh, uh, catcher. I don't know. Damn, that's baseball. Help me out, y'all. Y'all know I'm learning. <laughs> I did. I used to produce, y'all, I'm going to tell y'all, I used to produce one of the best football segments ever. It was called the Tailgate Report. Um, and, and, but what did I do? I went and got somebody smarter than I am. Let me, can I just tell y'all not to, not to, again, not to name drop, but Herman J. Russell, and I'm not even going to tell you who that is if you don't know, but Herman J. Russell, uh, I went to hear him speak one time and, or several times, anytime he, cause you know, again, learn from those, but he, I remember, um, hearing him speak. He said, the one thing I did y'all, he was Southern y'all. He said was I hired people. He hired, he said he hired people that were smarter than him. 
And so when I wanted to produce, when I wanted to bring in a sports segment, I went and got somebody well-versed in it that not only could I, not only could bring the best to it, but I could also learn from. So shout out to Mark Cooper. Shout out to Mark Cooper, um, who did the sports thing. Shout out to Dexter, uh, 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 who also did, um, sports for me very early on, um, and for Dryer Buzz. So I've always had these great people to contribute, um, to Dryer Buzz in, 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 in parts where, you know, I wasn't the, the best at it, you know, or I needed to know. One thing I was never afraid of is the saying, I don't know, I don't know that much about that, but because I am now learning from a team that, not a team that is successful in the NFL, I am learning from a team that's failing from the NFL. So if they turn this thing around and I get to watch them go from failing, if they win today, think about all I would have learned from that win because I've seen them uh, lose, lose, win, lose. And if they win today, I'm going to learn. If they lose today, I'm damn sure going to learn. I'm going to learn what heartbreak is. God, dog. I'm trying to stay on the Falcons bandwagon, y'all. But I, I just love sports. I just love testosterone. So I'm all up in the mix just for the testosterone. All right. And I'm still trying to figure it out. And y'all tell me, now this brother, he been sports commentating forever. Oh, they're showing, they showing highlights. Ooh, they're showing hi- highlights. Okay. Um, this brother been on sports forever. How's his hair still? His hair, now I know I'm getting gray hair, but this brother hair is solidly black. And I don't even think that's possible. What's his name? And he got the same name as, as somebody else. They got James Brown is his name. That's his name. How is James Brown hair that black? Still that black. What is he using? I want to know. Tell me because I'm over here. I'm, I'm, I'm fighting gray like I don't know what. Oh, my God. All right, guys. Uh, I was trying to be right at. Okay, we're right at the 145. We're right at the 145. I hope y'all enjoyed hanging out with me. I have drank, I have drunk, drinking, drink, drunken, drinking, drinking, drunken. I have drunken. I drank about half of my tea. I'm going to finish my tea. I'm going to go heat up my breakfast and I'm going to catch a little bit. Of, I'm, I'm going to definitely catch the kickoff and then I'm going to head out into the day and see how at least the first, first half go. I don't know. Y'all, I hope, I hope I'm not still sitting here with this game, but. Don't sleep on, don't sleep on failure. Don't sleep on failure. Uh, somebody is out there give, giving us the best, giving us the best. And you know what? And if you are failing, imagine if you looked at it as if you were leaving breadcrumbs for someone else. Because what's going to happen is you keep saying, I'm failing, I'm failing. And, and, it, and you're going further into depression and you can't get out of bed. But imagine if you just looked at it a different way. To know that you're leaving breadcrumbs. And guess what? It's okay if you were only able to bring it this far. It's okay. But if you really want to go further, go look and see. Did somebody else do it? Did somebody else fail at it uh, at another point? Did somebody else get a little bit further than you did? Then maybe y'all go go the next step together. You know, the, the next step is depending on just you having enough courage, being brave enough to say, okay, you know, I can, I can do this. I can do this. Let me go see how, how somebody else did it and what happened in that. All right. Now, you know, I'm not going to let you out of here. We're going to take a few moments and see the greatness that I think I am. And then I'm going to ask you to go to dryer bus. I do need you to go to dryer bus. Remember I said, I need you to share, not repost. 
um, I need you to subscribe. We need you to subscribe. I'm like, I'm like Tyler Perry right now, you know, got this good deal. And I need you to say, not just be in the audience, but say that you're in the audience. And the way that you do that is you join the email list. So if, if Y2K20 in Y2K20, something changes with social media and podcasts and all of these things, we will forever be connected. If you don't want to lose me, go to dryerbuzz.com and just provide your email address so that you can join the email list. And then I need you to do something just periodically open one of those emails uh, so that you don't create a disadvantage for us. Cause you know, we disadvantage each other enough and we're trying to get beyond. That's our biggest failure is we disadvantage each other enough. And if you really want to see some black folk in some of these arenas, this is what we're going to have to do. This is what we're going to have to do. Every time you see, or you and one of your friends repost something, you keep someone away from the table, out of the industry, unsuccessful and failing because they over there looking at their posts. And I saw one of the, a heartbreak story like this before one of the bloggers, uh, she got this amazing, she caught, she caught this money. She got the money shot of a piece of video and all the top sites went and reposted her video without attribution. And that knocked her that, that pretty much, uh, and only one of them corrected. I think she asked them to make the correction. Um, because that keeps her out of the table. That keeps her, that keeps her being low ball when she's negotiating her deals. And, and she's an awesome young, awesome young blogger, um, uh, bigger than Atlanta. She's still in Atlanta, but she's a, she's a travel blogger. So she's also off around the world. She's always at the table negotiating. And man, that just broke my heart when I saw that, because I know that feeling. I know that, well, I see I watermark all my stuff. So anyway, but, and I, I was telling her, I was like, you gotta, you gotta put it on. And you don't want to disrupt, you know, you feel like it takes away when you have to put that stuff on there, but you need to, because these people would jack you and jack you every time. And so she had to go and tell them, listen, y'all need to do right by me. And one of them did, the, one of the larger entities did, but they, as soon as she posted it, they went and took it, reposted it. And, you know, to their audiences and got millions, millions of hits and probably dollars. And there she was, you know, as if it wasn't even hers. I was like, that's hers, you know? And so that's what, that's what's happening out here when you are reposting and a lot of people think, well, when they repost it, oh, the platform is going to let people know where I got it from and all that. No, it's not. It's, it's not some of that. Sometimes even when you hit the, hit the share button, uh, it may, or it may not do that, give uh, the correct attribution. It may or may not add the link. It may or may not use the right photo. It may or may not land the way you think it's going to land. And you may not be out here thinking you're doing any kind of harm to people. That's why I'm here. I'm trying to let you know. And that, that's a, that's the failure. We are doing harm. We do, we're doing grave harm to each other with how in which we uh, the way in which we use some of these same tools that others are using. We do a disservice to each other um, out here. And, and, I, and I just want to let y'all know that, right? So stop reposting. Yeah, if it says repost, don't do it. Share. That's it. Just share. That's the only thing you should be doing is hitting that share button. Stop following these people. Stop trolling these people. And stop taking their content, okay? Especially for Y2K. Y2K20, because Y2K20 can mean a lot to a lot of folks. If you truly want to see people succeed, stop stealing. Stop dis, stop undermining.
stop creating disadvantages for people that are out here doing this thing each and every day. On that note, Go now to DryerBuzz.com and follow at DryerBuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz.